Welcome once again to the Shepherd's Voice with Archbishop Lucas. Archbishop, good to see you again. Thank you. It's great to be with you. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the Easter Vigil and Easter as a time of initiation as we're hitting the end of the Lenten season here. I know that you recently celebrated the Rite of Election, and it's something you do every year. It's kind of a, a unique experience. I know, I know most people are probably aware that they've seen it in their bulletin or they've seen it at Mass that there's a Rite of Election may not really know. I actually spoke to a friend of mine who's a convert, a recent convert. She said, what's that? And I said, well, I, you actually went through the right of election, but it might have been such a blur that you didn't really stop and uh, get a chance to unpack it a little bit. So, um, uh, But I've also heard that you, you have a particular uh, affinity for this, this celebration. So, Yeah, I enjoy it, even as I see the important spiritual significance of the right of election. It's part of the overall right of Christian initiation for adults. On the first Sunday of Lent, uh, we invite those who will be uh, baptized, as well as those who come into full communion with the church in their parishes uh, at the Easter Vigil, to come to St. Cecilia's Cathedral, along with their sponsors. And usually they're accompanied by catechists or parish team members, those who are, are um, helping uh, accompany them uh, through formation and, and catechesis to the point of the Easter Vigil. We have two celebrations uh, because of the size of the archdiocese and the needs for people from rural parishes to have time to get to the cathedral and back during the during the day. But altogether, a few hundred, and um, it, it's a very simple ceremony. There's scripture uh, readings and an opportunity for me to preach, and I hope offer some encouragement uh, to those who will be become Catholics at, uh, at at Easter. But then there's a moment when, um, in two different groups, first those who, catechumens, those who will be baptized. Uh, come forward with their sponsors, and I get to greet each of them personally. And we encourage the sponsors to introduce them to me uh, by name, of course, but then also say something about them if they if they will. And uh, it can't be too long because we we have to. Um, uh, there's the opportunity to greet many people, so there has to, that has to be done in a reasonable amount of time. But people are, are excited or nervous, but just you see the kind of see their humanity and. Um, even though this, the ceremony is very simple, it's, it's moving. And I think it often, for me it is, often for them too, I'll, I'll meet people several years later at the gas station or the supermarket and they'll say, do you remember me? <laughs> and that's very often uh, we had the chance to meet at the, at the right of election. So I have to be gracious and figure out how to finesse that and, uh, and say I'm glad to see him again, which is, is, is very, uh, very easy to, to say. Uh, because the rites of initiation take place in the parishes, uh, it, it's, uh, it, this is an important moment of connection for all of those folks with the diocesan church and an important moment of connection for me uh, with them. I really look forward to it and, and uh, uh, usually lots of photos afterwards. And for, for most of the people there, certainly the, those being initiated, it's their first visit to, to our cathedral. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful setting. We have beautiful music there. And so even though the, the liturgy itself is fairly simple, it's done beautifully in, in a way that really touches uh, touches people. So I'm happy to, to welcome them to the cathedral and uh, happy to give them some encouragement, I hope, through my greeting, but also through preaching, through the other aspects of the liturgy. Give them some encouragement on their Lenten way, which is really the last phase of their preparation before uh, baptism and the other sacraments. Uh, what do you find, uh, as you hear stories from, from parishes and from individuals and in your own ministry, uh, what do you find draws people to I mean, I'm sure there are myriad ways, but, but are there any kind of major themes? Maybe the, if there's anything in, in particular in the Christian community or in a parish setting that 
something that draws people, you find a sort of consistency about how they were attracted to make that decision to join the church. I, I would say that there are many ways to look at that, of course, but the, the, the one uh, most common point of, of attraction is another person. So we, I guess, would take that for granted, but I, I'd say let, let's don't take it for granted. Let, let's realize that's uh, Jesus' plan, that he uh, calls disciples and we respond and are formed in, in our faith, but then he's, he's asking us to be alert to the possibilities of sharing our faith uh, with others. It's interesting because that happens in, in various ways. Sometimes um, it, there are friendships at work. Uh, sometimes it's um, someone who's uh, uh, preparing to be married and, uh, to a Catholic person, and the attraction of that person in many ways uh, is evident. But there's an attraction about their faith. It's part of what makes that woman or man the person that, uh, that they are. That's what the other person sees in them. So that's, that often is the case there are many many couples who come forward together you know and um, say one will introduce his or her fiance you know at the at the right of election it's very it's very uh, beautiful uh, sometimes um, parents of adult children who for whatever reason maybe didn't bring their own children to the faith or didn't have them have them formed in the faith have the opportunity to do that a little later in life they've been faithful themselves their example has endured over so many years and their children have kind of have caught on to that and, and seen it and, and been attracted. So it's, you just, you name it. <clears throat> There's all kinds of, uh, all kind of possible ways that someone might attract another person to the faith, but it's, it's usually someone. That's why the rite of election is very moving because the, the one who's, who's being initiated is brought to the church by, by someone else. Not dragged in, of course, but accompanied. And that, this is a concept that Pope Francis keeps offering to us, but it, you see it very beautifully illustrated in this case. And as you mentioned, we, we know that the, the preparation will culminate at the Easter Vigil. As people are brought in, uh, adults are entering the church, uh, especially on that day. Uh, you've celebrated a number of Easter Vigils. Uh, it's, there's, there's only one allowed in every parish. Uh, it's a, it's the, the big it's the big celebration. There, we have several big celebrations, of course, but that's the one that's uh, kind of the, sort of the pinnacle, we could say. Um, what part of that, because for many of them, I, I would assume it's kind of their first time really experiencing the Easter Vigil, uh, but what part of that is they, as they experience the Easter Vigil and have this moment of uh, receiving the sacraments, what do you hope strikes them most? As someone, you, you've been there a number of times, so what do you think, what do you hope they get out of that experience? It is a very beautiful liturgy, and, and I'm sorry that more people don't get to experience that it's done fairly late in the evening on, uh, on Holy Saturday night, but it, it um, is really one of the high points of our, of our liturgical year. And uh, I don't tire of doing it. We only do it once, as you said, and, and it's not repeated in exactly the same way. There's a Mass, and so it has connections to other Masses throughout the year. But um, uh, the, the moment of, um, of baptism is a, always a very powerful moment for me. With the baptism of adults, we have the opportunity to use a lot of water. <laughs> and so it's a physical experience for them, but really for the, for the congregation. My hope is that the, it's both their, their knowledge, but also their experience, that something really new is happening. And that, that there's a, a, a significant change that's going on in their life at, at, at that moment. They've been preparing for it and studying about it, but uh, through the power of, of the Holy Spirit and the sacraments of initiation, the, the man and the woman becomes a new creation. They uh, become at that moment adopted sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father, and he claims them 
as his own. Um, they're incorporated into the communion of saints. So we have at, at the Easter Vigil a long um, litany of, of saints where we're asking their, uh, their help and their protection, their accompaniment for the, the one who's being initiated, but also recalling that we're part of this great procession of the baptized. It's a procession of saints that's led by, by Mary and all of those who've gone before us in, in faith. That litany of saints is very powerful for me because um, those who, uh, who we mention, and many others, all the, the saints in heaven, they, they know uh, what it means fully. Now they know what it means to have been baptized, to, to be brought into the household of faith. They, they're enjoying the inheritance. And so we can imagine, rightly, that, that they want that for us. And uh, because their experience of that won't at all be diminished by having more people as part of the household, I think that would just increase their, their joy. So we count on their prayers, and I think we, we sense that, they're, that they're, they're with us. As I think about it, it's like the, whenever we welcome a new member into the family, you know, there's a, new, there's a birth or somebody comes in by, uh, by adoption or by marriage, we're going to have a new son or daughter-in-law or brother or sister-in-law. The, the, the dynamics change. We're, we're kind of looking them over, you know, because we've, we're all we're hoping this is going to be a change for the, for the better. Uh, we're confident that it is at the moment of baptism. Somebody new is coming into the, into the household of faith and, and into our family. So the, the church enjoys the benefit of this member. Um, and and uh, the, that person brings with him or her something the church has never had before because they're a unique manifestation of God's creative love. It's a... Um, moving time, I hope, for the one being baptized. Certainly they describe it that way, but then also for the rest of us in the church, it's a very powerful moment. Something new is happening, and none of us will be the same after, after it's over. That's very beautiful. Um, and a, a very timely reminder that, as you said, we, we may need to adjust a little bit because we've got new, new mouths to feed, <laughs> to put it in, you know, sort of uh, metaphorically, but um, not even metaphorically, it's true. And we know that the, the church asks, uh, parishes asks Christian communities to uh, accompany these new members in the period after, after Easter. So after they're initiated, in, uh, after that, the beginning is only complete at Easter, right? So it's, it's just the end of the beginning. And now there's a, a period of mystagogia, uh, use, the, use the Greek term that Father Scott likes for me to use. Um, <laughs> the misogyny, uh and catechesis. So this like some deeper instruction, some, but moreover, it sounds like a, uh, as from what you're saying, yeah, the need is uh, to be accompanied by. So what what ought we? How how should we take that mandate? What's what does that look like in a, in a more concrete way, perhaps? Yeah, we should take it seriously. I'm glad to bring it up. The, the, um, for the one who's being initiated. It, uh, Certain privileges and new realities are, are offered to them. Also, certain responsibilities are theirs, you know, as, as members of the body of Christ. But certain responsibilities uh, are placed on all of us, th those who are receiving them in, uh, into the church. They need to experience being received. They need to experience that in, in practical ways and, and, as you say, being, being accompanied because um, baptism is, uh, in the other sacraments, it's just the beginning. And we are baptized our whole life long, and so that living out the, the reality of that, the implications of that, is, is a, both a joy and a privilege and a responsibility uh, as, we, um, uh, as we move ahead. So I would invite all of us who are members of parish communities to, to think about what, are, what am I going to do differently, perhaps, uh, 
as a result of the, these new members being with us, and and how might I become a part of their experience of of uh, of being initiated? We know it doesn't go well in a family when there's a new member. Uh, it doesn't go well for that person or for the rest of us if we're if you know the operating principle isn't love and a loving acceptance of of one another, um, and so that. Uh, we, we can't imagine that the, those who are being initiated into the into our parishes, into the Catholic Church this Easter, we can't imagine they're going to flourish w without a, a loving community surrounding them, and not just in general, but but in person, in, in in a in a practical sense. It's important that we don't look at new members of, of our parish, kind of for what they're going to be able to do for us. Well, okay, this you know they're going to these are more contributing members, and we have more workers for this project or that project. We hope that if they want to do that, they they'll they'll feel welcome uh, to to um, to do it. But uh, we welcome them for their sake and for God's sake. Uh, it's it is a sign of God's favor to them, and but also to our our parish community that um, that that we have new members. So, um, are they going to have any friends in the parish? Who's going to be their friends, and who who will go out of their way to introduce them, to take them out to breakfast, to invite them over for coffee? Um, that just the things that many of us who are active members in parishes have experienced and enjoy, um, who's going to take responsibility to see that that kind of enjoyment is and support is offered offered to our our new members that you know they can't be act, have active friendships with you know five thousand parishioners but um, five or ten maybe and but who who will those people be uh, you know will it be their experience that they're sort of breaking into this closed association somehow and have to prove themselves or, or is, is somebody going to open the open a door that they can walk through for for fellowship for for friendship for prayerful support for continued learning I mean there's just so many things that are part of parish life but we have to uh, make sure we welcome uh, those who are who are joining us at Easter absolutely that's thank you that's really uh, I think clear because it it calls to mind the, the fact as I think about it, I'm, I'm now I'm anticipating and watching people come in. And I think you're right. I want to see, I want to experience that with a, with a gratitude. I, I, want, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to say, oh, well, this happens every year. You know, those are those people. Those are our people. Those are my people now. So uh, I want to praise God with them. And I want to see, I see that their new life is a sign of the resurrection. Right now, it's still happening. Like, new life is still being added to to his body. Some parishes are very good at this, and they take the time for months, you know, leading up to the um, to, to Easter to introduce the the catechumens and candidates to, to other members of the, of the parish. But most parishioners come to mass at the same time each week; it's in the same place, and so you may go through the whole year without ever encountering um, these folks. So we have to look for ways to make that that possible. It's good we get a nice round of applause for them at the at the Easter vigil to welcome them. But, but you know, what are we saying by by that applause, we're happy at that moment. But but then I I hope it's a, a, a bit of a commitment that that we make to not not smother them, but but uh, make sure they know you know there's there are real people in these <laughs> in these pews mm -hmm. here who who um, have our own uh, struggles sometimes, but um, we have um, uh, recognized in in those who have been initiated now our brothers and sisters in Christ. Excellent, thank you. That's a very helpful direction for us to fix our gaze as we as we prepare to celebrate this great feast and to uh, 
and to be poised to live mercy in that particular way of being attentive to those new members and being willing to be vulnerable with them and to, to invite them in. Thank you, Archbishop, once again. If there's any, um, any parting thoughts you have, happy to have them. I would just add that I, the, the, especially those who come to the church as adults at Easter time are doing us a favor. That, that's not what their main intention is, is perhaps, but they're reminding us that a baptism is not an event uh, that only happened in the past. It, it was an event and we have a record of it, but it, it was the beginning of life in, in Christ that, that must continue and that the, the Lord wishes for us to, to have um, deepened uh, in our experience with him. It's good for us to look at, at, uh, at adults who make a, a decision at a mature point in life and often have to um, make sacrifices in order to, to take this step. It's a real change for them in terms of the life of grace, but often it affects other relationships that, that they might have. That's been the case since the, since the beginning of, of Christianity. So something um, important is, uh, is being invested by, by them, we might say, and, and that, that's an investment that we should be making to ourselves ongoing. Uh, they give us good example and encouragement. So uh, all the more reason to welcome them and to say thanks be to God for our new members. Amen. Thank you, Archbishop. Thank you very much. Have a happy Easter. Uh, blessed Easter to all. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice, a podcast of the Archdiocese of Omaha. For more information, visit archomaha.org slash podcast.